All right. Let's do mics real quick. Let me hear you. Hello, hello, hello. We are doing episode. You're too far away. So look, watch what I do. This thing, if I point to you or look at the camera, either oh. way, it's still in front of oh. my mouth. Yes. Over here. On the last one, you had it all the way over here. Oh, no. So I'm going to have to probably spruce it up a little. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. So that's how a microphone okay. works. You keep it like. You know what? I'm just. I will. I'm sharing. I with will you. put you through I think that wall. I just. I don't want you to go another forty episodes doing that. <laughs> cool. I'm dragging ass. Don't fuck with me. <laughs> All right. So why are you dragging ass? Because I stayed up last night to watch my dreaded Lakers play, and I couldn't. Like the game started at ten twenty p.m. What time did you go to bed? Like two a.m. Oh yeah. Like I that. usually am the late one, and I went to bed before you. And I think it was like almost one. So oh, God, they played horribly. It was so not worth it. Did they win? They did win. And I'm still angry because <laughs> I'm turning into an angry old man. Okay, so was it worth the stay up late? Uh, no, I mean they were like they won this game that they shouldn't have even been playing in, given all the star power on the team. And like after the game, in the interviews, they were joking around like clowns. Kobe is crying somewhere right now, uh-huh. you know. And MJ is just shaking. This is his like head. really. I know this yeah. is deep in the woods, like sports shit that uh-huh. a lot of our yeah. But I know Michael Jordan wouldn't do that. Mike, I hate to say it. I really do hate to say it because I don't know I, why you're a Michael Jordan hater. You're like the I'm not only a hater. Person. I'm not a hater at all. I respect him. Um, you just don't like to give me props because you know I like to mess with you because you're from Chicago and you get easily rattled. Uh-huh. Well, obviously they did not uh, play up to your expectations. They did not play up to Lakers. I expectations. love. I love. What do you call it? Couch coaches. <laughs> That's me for sure. I'm so like, why would you joke around after the game? It's like, hello, Be serious. This is like, you know, people are like, oh, LeBron's the second greatest of all time or whatever. Like, there was a time where he was on track to become the greatest, but the difference is he doesn't have the killer instinct that Michael Jordan had, or Michael Jordan didn't even have the killer instinct that Kobe had. So, not only is LeBron no, James okay. not okay, I think we should get on with the show. Because you're talking crazy talk right now. I'm pissed off because I'm getting old. Okay. Anyway, let's talk about getting old today. What do you say? Oh, I think that's a great topic. How age is affecting your mindset. Uh-huh. Ready, set, go. Check the mic and make sure it sounds right, boys. Hey, listeners. Ever wonder what it would be like to blow up your comfort zone at the tender age of 50? Well, we did just that. When our last kid went off to college, we hit the road in search of a new hometown. Now we bounce from city to city and bring you along for the ride. This is the Skip Town All-Stars podcast. All right, All-Stars, welcome back for another episode. We are so excited to have you with us today. How you doing, Trixie? I'm doing good. Better than me. Yeah, I, I went. Yeah, I was not aggravated at all by a basketball game. <laughs> doing way better. Sports. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I love them, but I hate them. Anyway, today we are going to focus on a couple of things. I actually, I have a question for you. Okay. And this has been resonating with me lately. We've actually touched on this subject in a previous episode. But let me start by asking you this. Uh-huh. In terms of missed opportunities in your life, do you have any regrets? I do, but I always think the moment... I think about how that was a missed opportunity. I immediately come to the place of, well, I wouldn't be here had I taken that opportunity. Um, So it's bittersweet. It really is a double-edged sword. Uh, 
I had an opportunity right when I met you to go on tour with uh, a musician, Alanis Morissette. Oh, just a little musician called Alanis <laughs> Morissette? Like, fucking kidding me? <laughs> and um, the opportunity was available to be her set stylist, which- You I, blew it. I did, but how hard- I can tell, I don't even know how this, well, I know how the story ends because somehow yeah. you end up with me, uh-huh. yeah. but- uh, yeah. So how hard would it have been? Like, you totally blew it. Black jeans and black t-shirt. It would have been so easy to style her. Uh, but I passed it up and I don't know if you remember when- you were never like, you didn't go to school for design or anything like no, that. No, but I I worked at a record label. Yeah. I was extremely punctual. I did my job very well. You showed up. That's good. I dressed cute. I was knowledgeable on all things fashion. So they oh, were like- so the number one reason was you dress cute. Probably. And the fact that I was a really responsible person. So, um, and I was a good listener. So uh, they were like, okay, you can work side by side with an artist. I mean, again, it's Alanis Morissette. It's like black jeans and a black t-shirt. How hard yeah. is it to style her? Just get the sizes right and, you know. That's make- back when she was still very angsty. Yes. So, um, but I remember we were just dating. I think we were like six months into our relationship. And uh, I came to you and told you I had this opportunity. And you were like, well, you know, if you go, we probably won't last. Because did I say that? You did. You, you and I. Don't I don't remember this at all. So am I making this up? I'm not saying you're making it up. I'm just saying I don't remember it. So. Uh, yeah. It, you, I mean, I'm not you, saying- You were there. I, I'm, I'm assuring you I'm that not, you were there. Okay, good. Uh, I, I'm not saying I don't remember saying I, that. Okay. I'm not arguing with whether or not I said that. I'm ar- I, I'm just saying I don't even remember you being offered this position. That's what I'm I saying. gave up. Look at, look at what I gave up and he doesn't even remember it. This is awesome. I gave that up for this person. Uh-huh. Yeah. And you don't even remember. You are winning. <laughs> Hashtag uh-huh. winning. I, I made the best decision, clearly. Go back to Alanis no, Morissette. I made the best decision, clearly. You don't even remember. I feel like I'm about to become a punching bag for your jokes. Go on. So I sat down this, with this magnificent human being. And Alanis sa- Morissette. <laughs> and told Did you ever him meet I had, her? And told him I had a life-changing moment in front of me. And we had an in-depth conversation about how it changed the course of my life and it could change the course of his life in any direction I'd picked, whether I said yes or I said no, it would be life-changing for both of us. And he doesn't remember. I mean. Yeah. Awesome. So as you can clearly see, I made the right decision. I stayed. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So anything else you want to ask me? Yeah, I do. So that's it. That's your big regret. You didn't go on tour with Alanis Morissette. And I didn't go to law school. Oh, well, that's a bigger deal. Yeah, that was before I met you and that bad decision I made on my own. Okay. Care to elaborate? <laughs> um, no, it wasn't a bad decision. I, I applied to law schools. I went to I went I took the LSAT. I ended up working at a law firm for a year and just realized it wasn't for me. But as I am older, I'm regretful because I really do care about the environment. I'm only one person. I try to do my share. Um, I, I really would have loved to have gone into environmental law, like Greenpeace. That, but you know, I mean, that's the only thing I regret. It's like I haven't made an impact on the world, and that would have allowed me the opportunity to make an impact on the world in Got the it. way that you know I, I wanted to, or and even now as an adult, wish I could have. But right. doesn't mean I'm going back to law school because hell no, I'm not. You're not going to do it. I'll never go back to school. I hated school. Oh, really? Yeah. I worked really hard in college. I was a, I had a 3.9. I was yeah. magna cum laude. You were very good at it. Uh, I studied all the time. I think it was so much so that it burned a negative experience in my brain. You and I. Yeah, I know. We we've, we've talked about yeah. it. I just didn't realize, like, I thought there was like a sliver 
that, you know, I mean, people do crazy stuff. I'll work for Greenpeace doing something else, but it won't be law. Like people go back to school all the time, even at our age or older. And so there are so many people that go back to school at our age. Uh, I'm 54. You're 52. It is so common for people now to get a second pivot in their life. I mean, they're calling it like the great American pivot, like the age that we are. It's no longer the ARP. It's like, what are you going to do at this stage? But for me, no, I will never go back to school. Like if you offered me to go back and get a master's or work at the mall, I would pick the mall. Wow. So the door is slammed. It's not even a jar. Oh, it's like boarded up. I didn't up. realize that. It's okay. boarded up. All right. Yeah. Got it. It's boarded up. <laughs> <laughs> I, on the other hand, uh-huh. uh, would definitely go back to school if I could, if I wasn't paying the tuition of two students already. Uh-huh. Um, I you just- could, like, hey. Maybe you'll get a discount, like, you know, a third. Oh, yeah, a family, a family rate. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Let's see. I, I'd have to, I mean, I, the one thing that's daunting is not just the expense because college really is a racket. I can tell you as somebody who sees the tuition payments going out every month, it is um, exorbitantly priced for the same education that you and I got. Oh, for sure. At that age. It's incredible. Um, But you would be one of those 50-somethings that would go back to school. I've always kind of wanted to teach at the collegiate level to be Mm -hmm. a professor. Mm -hmm. Um, And especially after working in an industry for almost 20 years, it's like, yeah, I think I have some actual insight to offer students what to focus on, what not to focus on. When I went to school, it was all theory bullshit. And I graduated and I didn't know how to operate a camera. So mm-hmm. that's a huge problem, you know? Yeah. Now, granted, there are a lot more schools with hands-on tech and all that stuff because I think nowadays, because I think they know they have to compete uh, for graduates. Emerson College, for example, in right. Boston is a great one. So, you know, several in my industry, they're well, good. Well, they're but- not just competing for college students. I mean, it's like, no, making their graduates competitive yes. right out of the gate yes. to enter the workforce. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Because you're paying a hundred thousand dollars in student loans. Okay. Yeah. And that's, and I'm, I'm lowballing it. And then your kid gets out and they can't get a job. So you're right. They want to make it look, uh, very, what's the words. I can't find the word. Like I want to say savory, but that's not the word they want to appealing. They want to make it look appealing to parents that are writing that check. Like, Hey, your kid will come out and uh, they'll get a job right away. Right. Well, uh, that's usually the idea, but you know, that the shit doesn't always happen. Right, no, forget right. that. Like, how many people do we know who's who? Who's little baby? You know, their little baby girl is like, you know, still working at Applebee's with a college degree. Well, I mean, that was me for the first four or five years out of college. So even in the nineties, but you know, now with today's uh, job market, yeah, whatever, I know. But your like your college costs twelve thousand dollars. But when yeah, you know someone else dollars in debt, right? But when someone else's their kid has. $150,000 in debt and they're still babysitting and they have a college degree, you know, like they're getting mad at their yeah. kid, you know, but it's hard. It's, it's hard out there. So when you have a college that says, Hey, our alumni is really strong and we can get your kid a, a job right out of school. Sure. That's appealing. And so colleges definitely are working harder, but it's, it's so expensive back to uh, what you're saying. So many colleges are working harder. The smaller colleges are working harder for yes. sure. I agree with that. Um, the bigger colleges are just writing their name and they writing so on their writing on their reputation is, you know, uh, having a great basketball team or a You're great right. football team or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, you know, your kid graduates with 200 plus thousand dollars in debt. And, uh, and everyone they're making says, $32,000 $32, a year. And, and then everyone like, says, oh, they have a really good football team. Like, yeah, yeah, oh, little totally. Jimmy went to like wherever. And look, oh, their football team's so good. Yeah. But back to school. So you would go back to school at this I age? I would. Yeah. Okay. If I could afford it, but I can't. 
And so I, I can't justify the cost right now. Who knows? In five years, maybe I'll do it. But yeah, I always envision myself being able to at least uh, I, if I if I if I didn't go back on the track to teach uh, at a collegiate level, yeah. I would instead take you know try and get uh, an MBA of some sort and be a. I feel like I could do better in terms of business sense, and I would be an. a a lot more of a valuable player in my children's lives as they're growing up and they're earning income. Got it. So I would be able to steward them a little bit better than I can right now. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So, so so my return on investment would be my kids would make a lot of money. (laughs) I don't know if that's good business or not to pay all that money to go to business school, but you know, it's a thought. Okay. So do you have any regrets? uh, I mean, it's not going and getting your master's one of them. Like what, do you have any regrets? I mean, I, 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 I don't regret not getting my master's yet. Uh, I was so broke when I finished my bachelor's degree that I just wanted to make money. Got it. And feed myself. And, you know, I was really, really struggling, like right out of college. And then with the student loan payments coming due and all that, it, it only served to make me struggle even more. So, and I, I was one of those people that just didn't, I couldn't figure it out. Like, like a lot of people know, not a lot of people, but a fair amount of people know right out of college what they're going to do with yeah. their lives. I had no so idea. So master's was not, so that's not a regret of yours. So no, what, it's do not. you have any regrets? Um, I, I mean, yeah. I, well, okay. So I would say career wise, my only regret is, uh, if any, any of anyone who knows me knows that, uh, I love watching music videos. You mm-hmm. catch me watching Vivo, like, <laughs> yeah. For hours on end on a given weekend night or whatever. And I I was in a band when I was younger. I always thought that I would be doing more with music. And I do feel like in terms of my career, I could have gravitated more toward music shows. Like I never, I kind of oh. regret I never got to do a behind the music for VH1 or yeah. something like okay. that. Cause I watched every single one, you know, I was a yeah. rabid fan and um, I consume a lot of music still to this day. I listen to new music from new kids and new like, you know, rappers and all that stuff. And I digest a lot and I listen to some really bad shit, but I'm always willing to try out uh-huh. a new band, you are, a new sure. act, whatever. And I'm not afraid to like, if, if, even if the band sucks, if they have one good song, I'm not afraid to put it into my rotation. So it's funny. Music. I just wish I would have done more in the universe of music in my career. Okay. You know, you still can if yeah, you want it. I totally. mean, and it's funny because you say at 52 years old, you check out new music, you listen to rap. You know, there are a lot of 52 year olds, 52 year olds out there who only listen to like the Eagles. Like, oh, do they- you know that? I mean, I think you know. You saw some of the responses, right? Like, maybe you didn't on uh, oh, some yeah. of our. No, they came at like, you. They came at you hard. Like, I had that post on social media about having to listen to Fog Hat at the resort in Mexico, yeah. like for. Like like Sugar Ray yeah. for like no like Sugar Ray would have know, been a yeah, welcome. They right. didn't play Sugar Ray. Are you kidding? Yeah, no. that would have been a welcome. It was like the Eagles. It was like um like five hundred seventy two like, times by the pool in a given week. It's yeah. like who wants to listen to shit like the safety okay. dance? So like, you do did, I want to listen to the safety dance? Yeah, you did a social media post about how bad the music they is. Came hard. Oh, they came at you hard, and they're your age people. I know, and they're like, oh, well, that's where the best music was, or whatever. It's like I don't disagree. 
agree that, you know, like Prince, Madonna, Bruce Springsteen, like, boom, they all exploded in like, or the 80s. 70s music, yes. the Commodores or right. whatever. I, like I get like, you know, all Journey, all those, all those bands are I great just, and it was a great, but let's face it for every, for every don't stop believing there's a Dexie's Midnight Runners. You know what I mean? Like a bad one. Yeah. Come on, Eileen. Yeah, like, those are all bad songs. We're paying, Come on, Eileen. But it's not even that. It's like there's something about, I would say, honestly, like Gen Xers that are stuck in their parents' playlist. True. And it's like they feel like because they're 52, they can't listen to Dr. Dre. Like they can't listen yeah. to Harry Styles. Like they, there are so many out there that are just stuck in their parents' like album collection. It's like, Get out of it. Like, like when they came at you hard, I was like, ooh, these are all your people. These are all people our age. Definitely. I was like, oh my gosh. And it's just something to say about like the whole topic today being about age and like how you're judged right. and how you judge yourself. And that for sure, whole music judgment came hard. It did. And and for you to say, like right now, oh, you know, I'm I'm a music lover. I listen to rap. I listen to the, like whatever new music. I listen to country. I listen yeah. to all. I just, it's very rare to find a 54 year old who isn't in music to say like, I listen to rap. I right. mean, I'm not going to find that. Like, you know, I mean, there's very few people I know that are this age that say, oh yeah, I'm going to listen to rap. I know you're out there listening right now saying, oh, I listen to rap too. Great. I'm so glad that you are, have brought in your horizons and you're listening to, but that's not the average white oh, yeah. guy, I mean, white I think, American guy. I could tell you that much. Who's no, like sure. in his like, retirement years. Yeah. It's like, they're still listening to like Metallica's black album. Right. You know, like so, that's as far into the future as they've gone. Okay. Since the show is about this, um, do you think that people age according to how their parents told them or their parents modeled them to age? Because we're 50, I'm 54, you're 52. How often do we get side eyes about like, why are we doing this podcast? Like, what's the purpose? Why are you documenting your house hunt? Like, you're supposed to be retired. You're supposed to be winding yeah, things down. Why are you starting be, shit up? You're supposed, yeah, you're supposed to be like drifting off into the sunset, right? Yeah. And I never know how to respond. Like, I want to say, why? Because you're not doing it that way. Or why? Because you think, because society has made you think yeah. you're not supposed to behave that way. Like at 54, shit should be dialed down, not cranked up. Um, I find it so odd at this age and also the endeavor that we're doing, because I don't yeah. think that most people realize a lot of entrepreneurs started over 50 or, or, or even is like, true? well, I say a lot, but the truth is successful ones. Like, like, let's just like, come on, you got to know, like the guy from Home Depot, he started at like 51, he and his partner when they started Home Depot. That, no. You didn't know that? I did not. No. Oh, wow. Okay. So yeah. So he started at 51. Like I know, um, Ariana Huffington, like she started the Huffington Post at like 55. Like I saw her on an interview probably a few weeks ago. And yeah. I was like, I knew she had started it later in life. I didn't realize yeah. it was at 55. Yeah, like, she'd been a news correspondent or anchor or something yeah. forever. It was like crazy. And then um, there's a woman who started this online company called One Kings Lane, which was a very expensive online furniture company. It's still online, but I think Neiman Marcus owns it now. She wow. started One Kings Lane like, I don't know, in her late forties. And now, now she's in her fifties and she sold it to Neiman Marcus and is starting a whole new brand about how to be comfortable being in your fifties. Like she talks about clothes. She has an online platform. It's inspiring for sure. Yeah. Um, I had a client 
who came to me to get her eyebrows done when I owned my beauty business. Mm-hmm. I did permanent makeup and this woman came to me to get her eyebrows done, get her eyebrows tattooed. Mm-hmm. She was 80. She got a law degree at the age of 70. Wow. She went to law school at 67. Like, I could not believe that story when she told me. And I asked her, why at 67 would you go to law school? And her answer was, why not? She said her kids obviously were adults. Her grandchildren were starting college. She had a lot of free time on her hands. Mm -hmm. And she had always wanted to pursue law. So she went to law school at 67, got her law degree. I met her at 80. She had been practicing for 10 years. Wow. 10 years. That's a long time. It was. And a very late start. Yeah. And when she left that room, I could not stop thinking about her story. And here I am. I mean, I. You're going to law school. No, not going to law school. (laughs) I'll work at the mall, but I'm not going to law school. Uh, Here I am talking about her because her story was so inspiring. Uh, Did you know? Well, let me ask you this. What do you think the average age is of an American entrepreneur? Like if you had to guess the age, because, you know, we have a lot of like a lot of young kids that are doing tech startups. We have obviously people like the guy who started Home Depot. Um, What do you think the average age is for an American entrepreneur? I would say 32. Um, Just I mean, just judging by like all the shit I see on like social media and scrolling and like weight loss programs and marketing gurus, life coaches. Uh, yeah, no, it's 44. No way. Really? The, the oh, we're age. just slightly past that age. I know. Isn't that really exciting? That is kind of exciting. I, I, know. Yeah. I think it's like amazing. 44. A lot of people just like become. Yep. Start a business at 44. Wow. And yeah. I think it's incredible. I think it, I think it says a lot about our age and the ARP age we're entering and mm-hmm. what that is supposed to look like, but what we can make it look like. I feel in some ways those people can allow people like us to do what we're doing and not get so much of the side eye. I get, I didn't realize we were getting so much side eye, but. Um, I you, do think you people know, question you've it. Got a, you you've got a grip on the. People haven't questioned you. Yeah. I mean, my friends definitely, I think were surprised that I would embark upon this. Because everyone has because an idea. Because they think idea. I'm old. That's right. why they're, you're too old to start this. No shit. Yeah, yeah. that's why we're here like, talking about this. Who do you think you are? Are you going to be an influencer or something? Wait, I have no desire to be an influencer. <laughs> like, I'm not know, an influencer. I know. The only thing, like if one person gets inspired to say, fuck it, I'm leaving town, then I guess I'm an influencer. That's, but that's as far as it goes. Like I'm not trying to sell anything. No. Right. I, I, I don't want your Patreon money. I don't want, like, I'm just literally doing this show with you. Uh-huh. In an effort to like, you know, show people that there's like another angle on life. You don't have to, you know. Sit at home and cry when trim your kids the hedges and go off to the, college. You right, don't have to sit right. at home and cry and your life doesn't end. And yeah. guess what? You can pivot. You can actually pivot. And there's all these like, uh, I don't know. I think there's these social stereotypes of mm-hmm. how you're supposed to behave at a certain age. I, I would say this. It makes me feel really good. When, you know, we have two kids in college Uh and they call me and instead of saying, hey, dad, what's up? How you doing? Instead of me saying, well, I read a book today. (laughs) They say to me, I tell them what I'm doing and I say, what are you doing? And they're like, well, I had to read this book today. (laughs) That makes me feel awesome. Uh Are you kidding me? Like, and you know, when they get to be my age, hopefully they take a little bit of instructive, like, exemplarism. 
it's not a word. Yeah, I know. You just made that up. But uh, I you know, from, from what the hell we've been doing all this time, like I, I hope they apply it to their own lives. Yeah, I, I hope so too. I mean, look, my parents retire a little differently um, than, uh, than probably your parents did. My parents moved when they retired. They were always pretty active. So I knew that I didn't want to be that retiree that gets a pension or has my 401k and then just sits around and watches TV. Right. But I also knew that from my peers as a society peers, not my friends, but my peers, a societal peer, and just customs of the past or habits of the past, yeah. starting a new business would be not the norm. So I, I would agree. Yeah. So um, I don't know. It, I think being our age is such a weird place to be because um, we have that that thought that why aren't we slowing down? And also, can you start something new? Like, why would you move to a new city at this point? Like, why would you take on a new venture? Um, I don't or know. Why would you do it all at once? I do think that something has to be said about our economy. So a lot of people are forced to move from Absolutely. their big city when they're aging because they cannot sustain that city's that economy. They cannot sustain their same lifestyle in a city with ever-growing inflation. Right. So those people will tend to find another place to retire, but really honestly, not do much once they're in that new location. Like they, That mindset is, we have to find a place that we can afford. And that's it. It's not about Let's find a place I love. Let's right. find a place where I can maybe uh, start a little a business. It's yeah. about what can we afford because our money has to stretch. But I think that with our platform, we have this beautiful place where we can share with our listeners what we're doing, the age we are, why we're doing it, and the risk we're taking. Because it would have been so much easier to just sell the house and do what everyone else does, find a place that's cheap to live and have yeah. our money stretch. But we're not doing that. And there's a lot of people out there that are just like us that want to try something new, but may feel like they can't because they don't have the support from their friends, their family, or they'll look silly. And and I mean, I don't know. I think there was a there was a celebrity that had a quote, something along the lines of, um, everything you want to do is on the other side of embarrassment or shame. Mm. And I think at our age, people tend to find it more embarrassing to say they want to try something new. Like, are they going to laugh at me? It's not the norm. But it's difficult to put yourself out there. Yeah. And and so we're doing it, obviously, we on are. YouTube and all that other stuff. And great, whatever, props to Skip Town All-Stars. But, but think about if you've always had an idea for a business and in your hometown, you were known as, you know, the town carpenter uh -huh. or whatever. And now all of a sudden you want to start a dog grooming business uh -huh. or something like that. Um, but you're 56. Yeah. And, and you know, I mean, you've people had are going to say like, why are you doing, and you say, well, my back's broken and I've always wanted to start, you know, some sort right. of other business, some other totally unrelated business. It's difficult when you're standing Agreed. at the, <sighs> the corner store or, you're, and you're trying and to explain yourself. you have to yourself. articulate your dreams. And there actually is a correlation. Like I've read countless articles on this. There is a portion of um, execution of ideas that gets diminished with every person you tell. So if you tell, so if I tell you about my dreams and then I go tell 
50 other people, I'm going to write a book or I'm like, I'm going to, what I'm going to start a band or whatever. If I tell the chances of me actually doing any of those things oh. greatly diminishes with every person that I tell. Okay. I'm so glad you brought this up because when we started to do this podcast, we told no one. We did tell no and one. I, it was the best move we could have made. Not that our friends or family would have made fun of us or shamed us no. or embarrassed us, but they would have had an opinion. And mm -hmm. because we value our friends and family's opinions so much, that definitely would have altered how we approached- it would, have, it would have had an impact. We told no one until the day the first episode aired and people started texting us yeah. and said, why did you not tell me? And it was legitimately the best decision we made because in the end, there were some naysayers. I mean- 95% of people that yeah, know totally. us and are friends with us, family, have been so supportive. Incredibly supportive. But you know- Surpri I mean, I shouldn't say surprisingly, like I want to believe that all our, our friends are supportive, but uh, you know, let's face it. It's like- I think there are some with people- With everybody having an opinion, you know, you figured you'd run a percentage of like 60 to 75% support and some other ones who are like, oh, that's cute. Good luck. And not necessarily yeah, saying anything say negative, but not- being totally supportive. It's not even either. that number. I'd say it's 90% support, Absolutely. maybe 10% of people like, eh, yeah, you're kind of crazy. Uh, so it is very difficult to share an idea or a prospect of a new career you have at any age, no less in your 50s. You want to yeah. try something new. And like you said, you're going to tell like the guys at the coffee shop and then they're going to diminish it. Or your, your, your own kids could say, dad, why are you doing that? I mean, I remember when we started this, I was thinking, what are the girls going to say? Like, they're going to think we're crazy. Yeah. They have been so supportive. The moment we told them, they were like, what? This is fantastic. I mean, yeah. that was Mia's exact words. So having that support was so helpful, but you're not always going to get it, which is why I, that what you read I'm a believer in that. Like, keep that yeah. shit to yourself yeah. until you open up the doors, or you 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 purchase your your first machine, or you make your first product. Absolutely. Keep that shit to yourself. And you also have to remember, what is that saying? Like, you're a reflection of people's, um, not missteps, but you're a reflection of oh people's, other people's failures. There you go. Yeah. So, it's true. I yeah. mean, it's absolutely true. So when you have somebody that says something to you like, ah, you're crazy. I mean, look, I have one of my best friends. Like, you know, he was like, why are you doing this? Like, I mm -hmm. mean, and so uh, I respect his opinion. And I was like, okay, it's not something he would take on. So sure. I had to just like, I had, to I had to table that to like, okay, this is a reflection of something he couldn't do. Not so much like, what are we doing? Right, right. The ball was already rolling down the hill. It's before, true. yeah, you know, it's like it's great. True. You can weigh in now if you want. Yeah, You're, we're five episodes. Too bad in. we already did this shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's already out there. The horse is already out of the barn, or whatever that stupid saying uh -huh. is. And it's like, you know, uh, we're doing this. Yeah. And uh, I think the most refreshing thing about it is, despite whatever, everybody has insecurities about wherever they are in life. It doesn't matter if you're 30 years old, you're like, damn, I should have tried that six years ago. Yes. If I, you know, it's, it's, it doesn't matter what bracket you're in. You can always look back and say, damn, I wasted my youth, you know? Oh, um, so true. I, I think the best thing that we've done is to not ask permission to do what we're doing. And I think the biggest gift that anybody out there who is trying to uh, really focus on 
doing something that they've always wanted to do. Maybe you're tired of their job. The biggest gift you can do yourself is to take those first steps and don't tell a single soul. Yeah, just try you know? it. Yeah, like, absolutely. Tell, I agree There's with one you. person in your life and probably mine. Mm -hmm. like, like, okay, so we had two people that were really supportive and they were in on the joke when we were starting. And that was Bird and Leanne Kreischer. For sure. And- they, you know, I would not say that they were like, they're not, they're still to this day, like we don't hang out with them frequently. We're not, you know, in their circle or whatever, but they were supportive right out of the gate. They and for were. you and I, that's all we needed. It's true. So find your two people. Yeah. I, I wish it could be Burton Leanne for you. <laughs> I know. Everybody needs a Burton Leanne. But, um, Everybody needs a Burton Leanne. But my Leanne. point is you would have, a, like, if you had really want, if you were passionate about this for a long time. Yes. You have a girlfriend you could have told about oh, this. Absolutely. Like you could have told, um, I'll use a case in point. You could have told Erin McCatton, who was working with you or uh -huh. whatever. And she would be like, I would totally help you out with that. Right. right? Yeah. And so just using her as an example, yeah. I have one friend, my friend Mike, uh -huh. uh, where I could have bounced a business idea off. And I talk about fin financial shit with him every once in a while. Yeah. He's way better at it than I am. But I would say, hey, what do you think of this? And he would be like, dude, you should totally do it, but do it this way, you know? Right. And, we and all so, have that person yeah. or persons in our lives where we, you know, in your gut, what you're going to get from them when you approach them. So you know if they're going to be supportive or not. So look, do not, do not tell people that you know are going to be naysayers before you've started. Just let, let, you know what, let the pile stack up and then you can have a conversation with them. Right. And I think, you know, going back to the snowball analogy, uh, as you press on and you're persistent about it and people realize like, oh shit, they're serious. You're going to start attracting people yes. that are enjoining your cause. Case in point, watch the credits at the end of this show. You will see Patricia Childress's name. And, you know, like we have people now that are sort of Morgan, Katie, all these people that are like helping us with different facets of this thing because they believe in it. And that's right. tremendous. And that's what you want in your corner. You want you want people to believe in what you're doing. Uh, when, bringing it back to age. Yeah. Uh, one of the most influential people in my life was this woman, Angela, and she stayed in my life up until the day that she passed, which was a few years ago. But the reason she was so influential was because I remember the first time I met her, she's probably in her late fifties, early sixties. And she wasn't your typical 50 or 60 year old. And this is back when I was early twenties. Uh, she was a go-getter. And she worked at the local community college as an art teacher. She had an art studio in her room. Like she wasn't anywhere near the age of retirement. Like she didn't act like it. She didn't look like it. And I thought, I want to be her. And then you met her husband and he was ageless too. And <laughs> he really was. And then he even, was building sun decks in the heat of Lake Havasu. At 80 years old. At 80 years old. Yeah. So when you met him, you honestly didn't know how old he was. Like you knew he had wrinkles. You knew that like he had worked, he was retired, but you could never tell what age this man was because one, they never talked about age. Two, they never acted their age. Right. And three, they were so versed on everything current that you really honestly couldn't even talk to them about a conversation and get an idea of how old they were. Because sometimes you could talk to people and just in a straight up conversation, they don't know anything about current affairs. They're right. talking about things from 20 years oh, no, ago. Yeah. yeah. They were not these people. So even up until the moment that they passed, they were truly ageless. I mean, Angela was such a supporter of doing what you wanted to do at any age that I have now become that person. There's no reason that age should limit you. And doing, again, this podcast has brought this up 
more than once for people that we have come into contact with about our age and you yeah. know what what we should be doing in our golden years um we're not there yet i just i'm like <laughs> we're not even close to no, that yet not, but but i know what you're saying yeah, you we know, should be prepping for our golden years 100 percent. Right everybody's saying okay I'm sure. so so with that being said if if you were to talk about how to prep for retirement or doing something you would love you love to do like mm-hmm. what would be like the piece of advice that you would give a listener right now who like is working a 9 to 5 but really wants to do something outside that 9 to 5 i don't want to talk about side hustles because to me when i hear the word side hustle i just think you're unemployed i'm not talking about instagram bullshit i'm talking about like real legitimate things that can put some money in the bank don't have to be a certain age to do it. Don't have to answer to anybody. And just like, I don't know, be happy. Cause that's the whole thing, right? Like you don't want to just work your nine to five. And then like, you know, I mean, I guess you could people look yeah, Gen totally. Xers do it all the time. You know, the whole thing about Gen X, right? Like yeah, what's like, the hashtag? Like what's that hashtag? Like whatever. No, <laughs> no, you're going to die. till you retire? Hashtag, what is oh, it? What oh, is that it? one? What is yeah, it? Uh, <laughs> you're going to die till you retire. <laughs> What is it? What, no, what work? It's, You're gonna I'll work. retire when I die. Yeah, that's what it is. That's what it is. So that's like the Gen X hashtag, that's right? Terrible. It is terrible, but that's how a lot Probably of people. Probably true. Yeah, that's how a lot of people feel. But obviously, we're Gen Xers. We are not living that hashtag or even exploring that hashtag. No, I mean, you know, ultimately, I think we would like to retire someday. Uh, who knows? I don't know. It's like you're like the kind of person. And I am too, where it's like, I always have my hand in a little bit of something. For sure. You know? I mean, look, so, the whole thing about Gen Xers being that hashtag, um, what is it again? I'll retire when I die. It's because they don't have any money in the bank. Like I think the average, um, in, I think the average, oh, okay. I'm not even going to say it. I'm going to make you guess. Do you know what the average family savings is? Like um, when you say average, it's like, you know, married, two kids, that's one dog, you know, that whole thing. Like average, do you have any idea what the average, cause you're normally really good at this. So the I'm average, curious. The average amount of like a uh, rainy day fund that a, a family has. Yeah. Is that what you're uh-huh. asking me? Hmm. Uh, I would say it's not what it should be. I would say it's probably, I mean, I know a lot of people, you know, All right, spit it I know out. a lot of people don't, I would say I'm just, I'm waffling until I can formulate a, a, a good guess. That You're I good think at it's these numbers. You always guess. So just guess. My guess is 25 K $25,000 set aside. <laughs> oh my gosh. I actually think this is the first time that like you've gotten it like severely wrong. What? Um, it's $5,000. $5,000. Yeah. So. Oh my God. Well, okay. So five thousand dollars. Yeah, the average family yeah. in America. Yeah, it's so sad that, when I that saw that. Sad, I know. Okay, so, so we're not going to linger on that though, because that well, will make actually, everyone just, depressed I, as hell. Okay, well, this is going to depress you even more. Then okay, awesome. Um, I was actually listening to like I, I, I am also a consumer of podcasts, <laughs> and uh, I was listening to this one survivalist guy. I forget what show it was on. It doesn't matter. Um, the takeaway of his quote was: "We are basically nine meals away from the fall of mankind." Oh yeah, I believe that. I, I have always personally said that everyone is one paycheck away from living under a bridge. It could, yeah. I mean, I think truthfully, a lot of it's probably four. Like, it's probably four paychecks. Yeah, it's away. probably three or four paychecks. Yeah, yeah, right. Like you can you can go without four paychecks before you're living under a I'd bridge. Say, I'd say most people would experience financial ruin if they were to go without a paycheck for a month. Yeah, yeah, and that's okay. So when you have five thousand dollars in the bank, that doesn't a lot for four months of savings for any family. No. 
So with that being said, wow, that's, it, that's, that is depressing. Yeah. So then you go back to, okay, you know, our age group, uh, working our nine to five. Um, are you happy? Do you want to do something on the side? There's, there's gotta be passive income for people who have $5,000 in the bank that are approaching retirement right. that like, you know, it doesn't have to fall apart. You're still a smart person. You're working. Yeah, to, absolutely. You know, you're working. And you have resources. Yep. You just, you, you're probably not identifying them. In our case with the podcast, I had a bulk of the gear already mm -hmm. just by the nature yep. of what I do for a living. I just wasn't utilizing it in this manner or as frequently as we are now. Mm -hmm. So that so was a resource I had. When Bert suggested, hey, you guys should podcast. I your, had microphones already. Your in, travels. In, in the garage, you know? Yeah. And it was kind of easy. I was like, okay, well, this will take nothing for me to set up. I never knew we were going to do a video version of it. I had a camera, but I was using it for other things. Yeah, you know? that came like secondary. Yeah, it didn't matter. But um, the point is, if you're a guy living in Podunk near a state park, and there are boats everywhere, and you have four acres, and you like your pretty house, and your kids get to play baseball, and all that other yeah. stuff, it's great. But you're not like you're treading water financially. Um, because your small town job just pays enough to cover the bills. Right. Why not take a portion of that four acres? And I don't know, like there are boats everywhere, like set up a pole barn or a warehouse of some sort and get people to pay you a little extra monthly yeah. stipend to your income to put their boats there in the winter or their RVs or whatever. That's just one idea. I'm just saying like- That's actually a really good idea. You know, Mimi and really quick, let me just mention Mimi and Matt, they're, uh, they're friends of ours and they travel all over the country. They had an RV and they took a picture one time of a place they were in, I think it was Missouri, uh -huh. and they were literally sitting on folding chairs with a lake in front of them, and they had their RV parked on this property, and it was a man's property right. who rents out like little pieces of his land around his lake for RV people. Now, I don't know the whole technical setup, and my point is, this guy, I was like, okay, after seeing the picture, I was saying to Mimi, wow, what a beautiful place to like hang out. Then I was like, this guy is so smart. Mm -hmm. He is taking little parts of his property and just letting people camp out in their RVs. Yeah. I mean, if he's only, if he's even charging, let's say, I don't know, I'm just guessing like $50 a night, like, okay, he's got three people. That's $150 for one night. And he's yeah. not doing jack shit. Right. He is just letting them like use his property for a beautiful place to rest their head. So you have to figure out a second something for yourself, right? For there, us, this there, is our second something. This like, is our second something. Yeah, like this is like this we're hoping will turn into our main something. Yeah, but right now nice. it's our sure. second something. So right. everyone who doesn't have, I mean, that, you know, million dollars saved in the bank, because that's legitimately what you need. Like if you're going to retire at 65 and you want your money, because everyone talks about outlasting their money. Let's just go like 20 years, okay, to 85. You seriously need like a million dollars in the bank if you live in a city or if you live in a state like expensive, like California or Hawaii or oh, like- Easily, I would okay, imagine you need at least a million. For sure, not a question about it. If you live in a place like in Ohio, okay, maybe you can get away with $800,000 in the bank that will stretch you for 20 years. But we're talking 85 and people are living long beyond 85. Right. So what's gonna yeah, be someone. your side gig or- 
what's going to be your side job. Supplemental income. Supplemental income to help you get there. And you don't have to worry about your age. We are here saying we're not worried about our age. Like average entrepreneurs, 44 years old. So it's like you could legitimately be the next big entrepreneur at 57. There's like no reason that age should ever get in in the conversation if you have a good idea. Yeah. Uh, I've always felt that way. So two examples. Number one, a hypothetical example. If you're good at selling, okay, you don't own four acres. You can't, like you're in an apartment somewhere, but you're good at sewing. Why not go down to the fabric store, get yourself five or six reams of really cool material. And all of a sudden, bang, you have a little side hustle. I hate to use that word. I know you don't like it. Oh. On Etsy or something like that. Just to, just to build out your business yeah. and assess the market. So I mean, look, uh, though, I can tell you right now. A like, side hustle is not going to be free. Like you're no, going to have to spend a little money. Like, you know, you had these microphones, but you still had to buy lights. Like, let's be realistic. There were things it, that- The biggest investment has been time. That is true. So um, you're going to have to invest time absolutely. for short and money. I'm not though. saying anybody's going to get their extra thousand dollars a month no. for free. This is not I'm an not, I'm this not is not Instagram post. This no, is no, not an Instagram yeah, post. I'm not <laughs> like, that's it's a given. You're going to have to work this yeah. shit. Mm-hmm. But um, the bottom line is, you know, all of a sudden it's like you have a better sense. Like I can tell you right now, I've bought five shirts off of Etsy just this year. <laughs> and the reason that I buy that, the you're reason I bought someone in business, honey, I absolutely am. That's and I'll awesome. tell you why, because I don't want to wear the same polo shirt that I see everybody else wearing, mm-hmm. which is really ridiculous and for a guy like, at this age. You're keeping a, a little business up and running. I'm trying to stay young. Damn it. I want my oh. shirts to look cool. Oh, so you don't care about the little business. It's all about you. It is all about me, but there's a little business out there that's serving my niche. Like, do you uh-huh, get it? Uh-huh. Like, that's the whole point. Okay. And so anyway, the example, and, and but then there's also an example. We talked about it in the Dubai episode. Uh, our friend Lily mm-hmm. uh, was in the middle of producing all kinds of content and helping consequentially to run the World Expo with her partner, Simon. And in the middle of all that, uh-huh. she launched- a distribution business for houseware. Yeah, kind of you know? crazy. Yeah. It's like and it's going to be her whole new enterprise yep. and you know, I mean it's just like if you're if you're willing to and to me it comes out like I was thinking like oh you need a good idea or you need this or you need a hook or no it's no, not any of that. No. It's like literally look at the resources around yeah. you and figure out how to leverage those make an extra 100 bucks a month to start. Yeah. Just and it make could a, be- just make 100 and then you're going to like, oh, you know what? If I tweak this, now all of a sudden you're making 200. It's true. And now, you know, it's like- And it could be something that you also already do. Like, for instance, uh, I read an article about a woman, 80 years old. She's an, been an RN, you know, her whole adult life is retired. But now at 80 years old, she works at a local elementary school as their nurse. And she works two to three times a week. And she makes like $1,500 a month, which at for an 80-year-old, like for anybody, that's like- 16,000 a year. That's a good chunk of pocket change with her retirement, with her pension, with her social security. Like that's like, let's take the grandkids out and get pizza money. You know, like that's that let's go to, let's go to Disneyland. Like that's a nice chunk. Yeah. And then like, you know, well, let's go back to you. Like for someone who is constantly on TikTok. uh, What? Okay. Do you know how many, okay. Do you know, do you know how many hours the average person is on TikTok? How much the average person yeah. is on on, yeah. on just on TikTok? All right, social media. Um, Do you know how much the average person is on social media per day? Yeah, I'd say it's probably two or three hours. Yeah, it's three and a half hours. So Ooh. if you're thinking like, "Wow, I could really up my game if I had a college degree," 
which for some people to get to the next level, like if they have a bachelor's, but you know, want to get that, that executive VP job, they need a master's. Um, if you're spending three hours as the average consumer is on the phone, wow. I mean, what a master's degree I think is like 120 hours, maybe something like that. Think about it. The amount of time you're spending on the phone, you can actually get a degree and you can get the degree online. So, you know, take that phone that you've been on and get yourself a degree. Is that that's your instructions to me right now? I'm hearing as well. You're, here's here it goes back to you not you not thinking you can have time to get a master's. I know degree. I'm not on TikTok three hours okay. a day for starters. I just First don't of all, have that you kind are. of time. You just he doesn't have the screen time on because he doesn't want me to know how long he's on. This is so, such bullshit. No. Anyway, if if he takes the time that he spends on his phone, he could really have honestly been a double major right now. Oh my God. Are you kidding? You're you of uh-huh. all people. Uh-huh. Denise is the person who's on her phone all day long. Working. I'm working. You know, I hate my phone. Denise is on. I hate my phone. Denise is on the phone all day long, walks into the room and immediately says, every, what, we're going to be on our phones all day. <laughs> is that how and I then sound? everybody like jumps up and their phones fly all over the place. <laughs> is that how I sound? Yeah, totally. That's exactly how you sound. <laughs> so anyway, so those are just like really honestly two examples. Like when you think about like what, when you say, what are, what are my resources? Like what's around me? Like I just literally gave an example of someone that can get a degree with their phone in their hand. And then another example of a woman who was already a doctor, I mean, I'm sorry, who was already a nurse and just decided to work part-time, right. utilize that degree that she paid for, you know, and had yeah. been working all those years. I mean, there are things people could do to make the future of their, there are things people can do so the future isn't so scary. And age, age should not be I'm a not deterrent. Even, I'd- Absolutely agree with both points, but I would also add that uh, there are also things people can do that's just a lot more meaningful to them than pushing paper in an office. Now, there are plenty of people who have been at a job for 20 years or whatever. They have a killer 401k. They have this, they have that. Perhaps they don't need the extra income. They're doing great. They're just not doing something they're particularly passionate about. Right. Age does seem to be a ter- deterrent for some people like in their head. Yeah. Like, oh, I don't it's know if I could do It's easy to talk this. yourself out of it and say, oh, that's silly. I would never do that. Yeah. Like, I can't do that now. There's this whole conversation about how old you feel you are in your head, like what age you think you are mm-hmm. and what age you really are. So yeah. like, you know, you can think one thing in your head, um, but it, it does not match what your number really is. Like- the article that I read, so and, and this is very, very true. Uh-huh. Um, we, you know, I women will ask other women this question, and the, the number is always the same. It's always twenty years, fifteen to twenty years younger than the actual age. Meaning that what you feel like you are in your head it doesn't necessarily uh, reflect your actual age number. So, for instance, how old do you think you are in your head when you think about age and like? Not your body, not your physicality, not your knees giving out. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking right. about in your head when you think about how old you are, what number do you feel? Um, I would say on my best days, I feel like I am my 15-year-old self. Oh, shit. You're still an adolescent. That explains a lot. <laughs> oh, my no, God. Let me explain. That explains let me explain. Um, oh. <laughs> I can say that because that was like... For me in my life, that was my first sense of self-determination. I was X amount of months away from driving a car and I was going to get a job at Burger King or wherever, and I was going to have freedom for the first time. And it's also, I remember the summer of 85 was like the first summer going back to the music thing. 
where like music really lit me on fire. It's like, I remember camp, like I grew up in a rural environment. So we would camp. Uh, we were finally allowed to camp overnight with our friends, like at a nearby friend's house out on their property somewhere. And, um, you know, we'd be listening to Bruce Springsteen, Born in the USA, or Brian Adams or the Cars or, you know, yeah. whatever the band was. So it was the first time in my life where it was like the thrill of new music, which okay. go, is a theme for uh -huh. me. And also the thrill of sort of being able to call my own shots very, very soon. Uh -huh. uh, yeah, well, I would, say, I would say age 15. The uh -huh. only other time I would think in my life where that sort of came into play was really when I truly started my career. So back when the babies were born and you- What and age I, is that? I think I was probably around 31, 32 in that range. Like okay. I was working, like it was apparent I was good at what I was doing and I was going to book work, you know? And you and I all of a sudden had money for a new car. Uh, we had money to go to Vegas. We had, you know, uh, if the family was coming out or whatever, we had, we had, we had money to do trips or put the kids in ballet or whatever the hell. And so okay, that was invigorating. All, all of my best ages, I think, were just based really on my ability to call my own shots. So that's how old I am in my head on good, on, on my best days, I'm 15, on my just okay days, I'm 32. Well, you? you know, I always tell my daughters that every man you meet, whether they're 22 or 50, really, they're all just 15. I've said oh this over God. and over again. Don't don't date an older man because you think he's Come more on. mature. He's still 15 and you have just now confirmed it. <laughs> uh -huh. Thank hey. you. Thank you for that. Uh, okay. It's a good spot to be. What about you? Uh, you well, need to answer the question. Yeah. Don't be changing subjects on me. I, I, I actually am just- How old are you? I'm like normal. In I'm your like, head? yeah, in my head, I'm normal. Like, if you asked me in my 40s how old I felt, I would say 27. I'm not but, asking you in your 40s. Okay, but now I'm 50, I'm so I feel you like, yeah, like 40. I'm, I'm freaking 40. Okay, in my head, in my head. Yeah, I'm not 15. You are a cougar. <laughs> Stop. You are 40 years old chasing a 15 year old. I, what the hell is wrong with it's you? So, you know that's illegal. There, there's so much about like, yeah, uh huh, yeah. Yeah, it is totally illegal. And I'm going to have to rethink this whole relationship. One, you didn't even remember what our Delanis Moore said, and now you're 15. All of this is so explainable. There's so much going on in our relationship right now that is so explainable in this one podcast. Oh my God. Is our next episode about family therapy? Uh, probably. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> okay. Um, but in any case, the whole reason that people come up with a number, and he explained it perfectly, because I read this article like about it in the New Yorker. But if you just even ask your friends, they will all say the same. Like when I asked my sister-in-law how old she felt in her head, she's 67. I didn't even finish my sentence. And she immediately said, I feel 45. 45. I asked my other sister-in-law, she said she felt 33. And they all, you know, everyone has a reason. And usually it's like, there's something about that age that brought you happiness or something that like made you feel carefree. Like there's something about that age. For me, in my forties, if you asked me, I would have said 27 because in my 40s, I still felt like I could hang with a 27-year-old. 27 was a great age for me. You I'd, could. You're I, a night owl. I lived in Los Angeles. Established. Yeah. I could still, in my 40s, I go to concerts. I can hang till 2 a.m. Uh, so 27 still like was a good number. Now at 54, I don't say 27. No, I say 37, 40 because- I can go out late, but I'm not staying till 2 a.m. I'm not going and dancing. I'm going to a concert, but man, I'm going to leave right when the last song ends. So I would definitely say I am realistic in feeling my age now. I'm 54, but I feel I could hang with a 40-year-old. I may not go out for cocktails till 2 a.m., but I can certainly do a happy hour. 
Okay. And you do. Um, <laughs> so, so, well, okay. So okay, that so, brings up the point though. I feel like maybe your best age in your mind at any given point is the age where you feel like your experience matches your abilities. Yes. Which is why our friends, Jim and Angela never acted their age. Yeah. Ever. It's true. It's and, true. and in a very youthful way, not in a silly way. Yeah. Like they still acted their age when it was appropriate, but they, you never knew how old they were. Um, age never was a determining factor of uh, the jobs they wanted, the uh, the travels they made, the people that saw they saw, the friends that they made. They had friends of all ages. Because I think some people hit a certain age also and just think, I can't be friends with her. She's too young. Like yeah. society makes you feel a certain age when you are a certain age. Right. Like, like why are there 65-year-olds that are like, you know, glued to the couch, overweight, not active, and they act like they're 80 year olds. And then you have 80 year olds who are acting like they're 55. Totally. Like it's so it's- And moving around like it too. Yeah. I know we're not talking about the physical parts, but you can tell the people, like I do think mindset- Younger mindset. Mindset plays into yeah. your physicality for sure. So when you're thinking about age and like what's approaching, I mean, I really, I, I love this platform that we have where we can talk about something like this topic mm -hmm. because there are people who ask us why and how we did what we did. So it's like, if there's something that you think you want to do, or if you want to like really explore what James and I are doing more, like, how are we doing it? Please, by all means, like, you know, send us a message. We'd love to chat and help you explore whatever options you may have to like get something going for your future that would help you retire more comfortably. I mean, I don't know. Um, I know there's like real estate. Real estate's a big thing. Uh, absolutely. Real estate is a big thing. Even if you only have like $10,000, you can find actually there are companies now. My friend Chris Collins runs one uh, where you can take a parcel of money and throw it into a bigger pot with other small investors. And all of a sudden, uh, this company has the ability to purchase like an 80 unit apartment building or something. You or I would not be able to do that right now. We would not be able to go out and purchase an 80 unit no, apartment building. No, not by ourselves. Like we're, we're looking no. at duplexes, you and yeah, I. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, uh, but, but the thing is, if you wanted some sort of passive income and you had this money and you're like, okay, I'm already- You could share the risk with other people. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And somebody else is, yeah, sure. The company's going to take a bigger portion of the profits of course. But you know, if you wanted the money to sit there and just keep rolling it over, rolling it over, there are plenty of opportunities to do that as an investor. So, you know, maybe you don't want the headache of running your own Airbnb or, yeah. or, you know, oh, it's a running lot of 10 rental units or like, yeah. like for some people it's like, I just want to make some money, yeah. you know, and I yeah. don't want to, as I want as little bullshit as possible. Yeah. There are places like that that are great examples of how to do that. But, but now's the time to do it. And yeah, it was just the, like age doesn't even have anything to do with it. Doesn't. And the biggest thing it's like, do not wait for permission from your friends or your parents or your kids or whatever to approve your idea. Just start doing it. Like yeah. if you want to start a landscaping business, do it. Go buy a freaking yeah. mower. And who cares if you're 70 years old? Just do it. Exactly. Remember the average age of the American entrepreneur was 44. Colonel Sanders was 62. Colonel Sanders. 62 when he started Kentucky Fried Chicken. He was making the chicken for many years before that, but he actually had Kentucky Fried Chicken inception at age 62. Like wow. that's crazy. Yeah. All right, so I think uh, we've gotten our point across on this episode. Yeah, you're old. That hurts. <laughs> Take them out, please. Empty nest, full tank. See you guys next week. Check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys.